Hello, beautiful listeners, and welcome back to What's Next in EdTech. I am your host, Dalen Reifstek, and this week we are talking about virtual events with none other than the CEO of Next Chapter Consulting, Irene Spiro. Ms. Spiro, thank you so much for joining us today. Virtual events are growing in popularity, and it doesn't appear as if that's going to change anytime soon. As planners, venues, on-site teams, and everyone else involved in an event's life cycle plan for a future full of virtual and hybrid events, there's still a lot of unknown. I know you have been doing some amazing work and research on virtual events, and I cannot wait to hear about it. But before we get into it, can you please tell us a little bit more about yourself? Thank you so much. Um, so about myself, for 15 years, I worked for a Education Technology Association, COSIN, and I was responsible for their strategic partnerships. I was responsible for communications. I was responsible for advocacy efforts and decided to form my own consulting firm, Next Chapter Consulting, because it was my next chapter. And as part of that, I really focused in on the same kinds of issues that I was working on in the association, and particularly um, building new partnerships between the public and private sector. And I continue to do that with a number of different projects that I'm working on for both associations and companies. One of the things that I did, and then in July of 2019, I decided to take a break from that. This year, kind of the year anniversary of the founding of Next Chapter, was to look at this shift to virtual. I was fascinated by it. It really touched so many of the things that I was conferences interested in and had been working on uh, when I was at in the association world. Wonderful. Thank you so much. So I know you did just recently release a report could you tell us a little bit more about the findings of that report? Sure, that's that's great. Thanks, thanks for the introduction to that. So let's start by thinking back a year. A year ago, we would never be having this conversation. Instead, we would be talking about the next in-person conference, reaching out to potential customers, preparing collateral, and making sure that we had the all-important important, comfortable shoes so that we could walk the conference (laughs) exhibit hall. And none of us could have predicted how quickly events would evolve over the last seven months. With the enormous impact that COVID-19, we'd be making traveling plans, setting up meetings with colleagues, has had on just about every aspect of our lives, socially, economically, politically, and really the end is not in sight. So what does that mean for um, those of us who were involved in events. Starting in March medically, lots of events were deleted from our calendar. And in some cases, a pivot to virtual conferences. 2020, we saw the cancellation and postponement of conferences. These were major changes indeed. Suddenly we had canceled airplane, airplane tickets and empty spots on our calendar. And those spots were now being replaced by invitation to Zoom conferences, a new world indeed. So as I said before, I was fascinated by this change and what did it mean for associations and what did it mean for companies who were part of those exhibitors and sponsorships and participants in conferences. So I conducted a survey 
and the virtual world of conferences to understand the shift it's in impacts. So kind of some top level findings. Not a surprise, the shift to virtual conferences is complete at least through the spring of 2021. It's really hard to find any in-person event being scheduled or taking place. In the virtual environment, registration and exhibiting fees are far less than in face-to-face -face events. And there are many reasons for that. Mm -hmm. uh, the costs are different. They're often less uh, nervous about charging for something that they really haven't proven to be effective yet. We see in the survey that companies prefer face-to-face -face conferences, but they're going to continue to support virtual events because there's no other alternative. Associations are at the same time working to provide value-added benefits to companies who are participating. They know that that's really essential. What do companies want? What's the most important thing for them as they attend a conference? Well, robust networking and interactions, that is really essential. And associations are trying to figure that out. As a result of this changing scene, it's not surprising that companies are participating in fewer conferences in the year 2020-21. Uh, They're gonna take a wait and look and see what's effective and how they can position themselves. And then finally, it's this new world is really one in which there are both opportunities as well as challenges. And focusing on meeting those challenges and capitalizing on the opportunities are really what we need to talk about. Thank you, that, that's great. So could you uh, elaborate a little bit on some of the biggest challenges that are facing virtual events or what is missing from them? So biggest challenge, when I did the survey and certainly afterwards in discussions with people who had participated in the survey and had been part of it, the biggest challenge that associations are facing is finding the right platform. It's a technical issue. We started out in the first phase seeing a lot of associations and a lot of companies using Zoom. We saw taking the face-to-face -face event and just putting it up on a virtual platform. Strategies and different tactics to be successful. So I think the biggest challenge, as I said, is finding the right platform. There are a number of ones out there. It's actually, I recently read an article about how investors are flocking to that arena mm -hmm. because they feel that it's a very profitable one. Um, there certainly, you know, as I said, a lot of different platforms and the challenge for associations is to find the right one that will integrate all the functions for them and really provide them with everything. That did not work. Mm -hmm. You can't do it. It's a different medium and you need some different, certainly Douglas Stewart did a great job and was really out there in front with Verbella. Um, that was one that I haven't seen utilized very much by associations. Perhaps it's a little too much. It's a little too out there. It's a little too avant-garde, mm -hmm. but I think um, it did work. Uh, I found it to be kind of engaging and really give me a sense of actually participating in an event rather than 
being a, a passive observer. Yep, I think that is one of the biggest things when it comes to virtual events is making sure that the attendees feel like they're involved and they're not just sitting there and listening to people give presentations or speeches because the, the Zoom fatigue and the video oh. conferencing fatigue is real. And I know I know it and I know that you know it and it's it's, it's definitely And it was real. nice to have my avatar. <laughs> and I will tell you one little funny story is I was doing my avatar for the, the meeting and my uh, nine-year-old granddaughter was watching me and she decided she could do it better than I could. So I kind of turned it over to her. And there was a place where you could choose the shoes, the all important shoes. And she decided I should wear really high black heeled shoes. <laughs> and I said, boy, you have never been to a conference. There I was, my avatar, I was, you know, I was fantasizing that I could wear those fancy shoes and really meet everybody at the conference. And what I liked about it is that when I would walk the exhibit hall and I would see people and I'd know who they were and I could actually have a real time conversation with them. Mm -hmm. um, you might not want to be away from your family. You might not want to be away from home. Exactly. And for those of you that don't know, Verbella is a virtual platform. Uh, it's a software application download and you can actually create an avatar and walk around and talk to people and pretty an immersive experience, but it is a little bit avant-garde, like you said. Um, there is some technical challenges that people have and it's not as seamless as just doing a Zoom or a Teams call, um, but we really need to evolve right now and just because those ways of communication are not effective. Right. I totally agree with that and I think we'll see over this in this second wave of virtual conferences we're going to see a lot of new ways of delivering the content. Mm -hmm. Yep and I've been seeing those companies pop up like you said investors are flocking to it if you google virtual events oh. the top 10 listings are um, on Google from people. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And there'll be, you know, there'll be some consolidation and some of the players will disappear. Um, but in fact, it's it's going to, we're going to see a lot of new players in the field. So in addition to the lower cost, do you have, know any other advantages a virtual event has over an in-person event? Yes. So one of the things the survey demonstrated and a greater audience than an in-person event. And there are a number of reasons for that. Um, an in-person event means that you have to have take time off from your job. You have to have travel funding. You, you have to be there. And all those things might be difficult. If you work for a school or a school district, you might not have permission to go. You might have to use your own funding. But in a virtual event, you you have a much wider reach because it, it is more accessible. You could do it from the comfort of your own home office and you could do it on your schedule. It really, we've seen that the virtual event has had an increase in attendance mm -hmm. in people who have signed up. Now, that's the good thing. What we don't know is how involved and how engaged those participants were. But the wider reach is really an advantage. Another advantage is 
that it can reach an international audience. You're no longer confined to being only, you know, people that can reach you physically, quickly, and without too much of an issue. So this, that wider reach, more involved, more, more outreach really becomes an important benefit of a conference. I will say another benefit, and this one is kind of emerging, is the opportunity that a virtual conference has for using data effectively. And you can get all sorts of data about who visits your exhibits, who attends the sessions, how long they stay. I mean, it's it's very it's a very data rich environment. And I think that, in fact, will become a great opportunity for the return on investment. I think that's still very new and very emerging, and it really has to, and we really have to be careful because there are a lot of um, security issues and privacy issues that can't be violated. Yep. But but that kind of comes to mind as an opportunity. So I know you said earlier that companies do prefer the face-to-face events, but do you get a sense from any companies that virtual events are effective or that they like them? So, not yet. (laughs) It is new. I I think companies are all kind of mourning the loss of what they had. You know, they became very, they knew what to expect. They knew how to plan. They knew how they were going to go into a conference. They had goals about who they were going to meet. They set these things up in advance. And it's just different in the virtual environment. So I think it's still the jury is out. I think that they really need to to see how this is going to work. And I think it's a two-way street. The more that associations deliver on the promise of giving greater interaction and more opportunities for engagement, the happier companies will become and the more they will see that return on investment. But we're not there yet. No, I totally agree. So I just have a couple more questions on the specifics of virtual events. And attract attendees throughout the year. So I know I've attended a bunch of virtual events and I know that a lot of them are recorded. And I always say that I'm going to watch the recordings for the sessions that I couldn't attend and I never end up doing that. So do you believe that recording virtual events is worthwhile? Do you think that people will tune into them after the fact? So like you i always want the recording and i very rarely listen to it but i think it's important to offer and i I tell you why because i think we need to think about a virtual conference as something that's happening throughout the year not just at the actual date of the event so the recording becomes just one more way that you can engage now you can't just say, okay, I've recorded the event, download when you want. You have to have a really purposeful and intentional strategy to reach out to the people who attended your event and communicate with them and let them know it's there and just have that strategy going throughout the year so you extend the experience. I think if you do that, it will increase the number of people who actually take advantage of the recording. I totally agree with you. And we've found that it seems that people like longer timeline for virtual events. They don't want it to be just concentrated on, say, one day, because that one day they might be busy. But if you 
extend it over a few days or a week, then they can come in and listen when they want and when they have free time. So in the future. Um, so I think, by the way, it's not only it. I think it's really to think of it as both before, during the event and after and the after event probably should go on for six months. Really? OK, oh, that yeah. is I like that. That is. But I think you have to be very intentional about it. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. So what do you think the future holds for virtual events and in-person events? So the future, <laughs> that's kind of really difficult to think about because, as I said, when we started our little discussion, we couldn't have predicted what would happen last year. And we predicting what's going to happen next year is probably also a little different. Um, I think virtual conferences will continue. They're not going to go away. And we're never going to duplicate the face-to-face -face experience. It's never going to be the same. So it's going to be a different reality, and hopefully it's going to be a better reality. I think looking at it from the standpoint of associations, the future for associations is going to be one in which they really have to decide and define their future finances. Conference revenue from registration and from sponsorships and from exhibits often is about one third of the budget of any association. Wow. And in some associations, it's even larger. So that's a huge chunk. Mm -hmm. And how you replace that and remain financially viable is a key question for associations. And it's one that, you know, they're grappling with. The association who determines the best way to deal with that revenue issue are the strong ones that will survive. And I think that there will be some associations that will not and will probably merge or just go out of existence. It's interesting, I saw another survey recently of associations that says that really 100% of the associations believe that they will be around in a year and that they will determine the best way to deal with the financial ones. So they really need to determine how they're going to reach potential customers, how they're going to grow their business, and how they're going to keep the uh, customers that they already have. You know, they can't do it by giving the parties and having the... I think that the future for companies is a different one. Events that they usually sponsored at an event, so they're going to have to come up with new ways to do it. That might be in a virtual environment. It might be in something that's person to person that they go out and actually meet with them. Again, this is still very much a work in progress and it's still very evolving. I think the important thing to remember as we look at the future is that doing nothing and just assuming that things are gonna evolve is not an option because that means that associations will lose membership and sponsors will lose faith in what is being delivered. So I think working out that equation and finding a way to move forward is really essential. One of the areas that appears to be growing as a future trend is what we call hybrid conferences. Mm. That might be the future. I think it's pretty clear that there are going to be no face-to-face -face through at least you know, June 2021. 
I was on a webinar yesterday in which a company was talking about how that for the second half of 2021, it could be that face-to-face will occur, but you have to be prepared for risk. And if you are adverse to too much risk, it's probably better to continue planning a virtual conference. We don't know what's going to happen. So, Mm-mm. you know, having those different scenarios becomes important. So, you know, the, the hybrid event, it allows you to have the power of virtual interactions with the benefits of in-personal connections. And you see that that will offer sponsors and exhibitors and corporate partners more opportunities in programming and uh, more opportunities to participate in real time. So for example, if you have an association that has local chapters or affiliates or special interest groups smaller than the association itself, you might see them having a small in-person event Mm -hmm. and then having the larger event being virtual, but the combining the in-person, the small in-person with a much larger virtual can be the wave of the future. I love that. I think that is an amazing idea to have the in-person and the virtual, then you can just reach that many more people as well. Right. And it's important to keep the momentum going, important to keep in front of your customers, important to keep in front of your members to let them know that you're there and not going away. What will we be talking about? Who knows, we could still be talking about virtual events. I know, but (laughs) hopefully we'll be talking about better virtual events that deliver. Wonderful, well, thank you, Irene. So the last question, before we wrap up, could you let us know where people can learn more about Next Chapter Consulting and the services you offer? So um, my website, nextchapterconsult.com, has um, some brief descriptions of what I do. I'm also on LinkedIn, and the best way of reaching me is just by popping an email to me and saying, let's talk. Uh, My email is very easy, ispero, I-S-P-E-R-O, at E-R-O-L-S dot com. Oh, that is a very easy email. I wish I had one that simple. Well, it's an old email and I keep it because it is so simple. (laughs) Well, that is wonderful. Well, I just want to give a huge thank you to Irene for joining us today and taking the time out of her day to talk about virtual events with us. Um, They're going to be the wave of the future and who knows what the future has in store. So thank you again, Irene, and I hope you have an amazing rest of your day. So, Dalen, I just want to say We need to think about what the conversation will be next year at this time. Everything that a sponsor and a company and an association wants and needs. Mm -hmm. And hopefully I can actually go to one. Funny story, I actually graduated about two years ago and I had plans to go to a couple in-person conferences back in April of 2020 and they got canceled. And so I actually attended my first conference virtually. Um, And I'm sure there's a bunch of people my age in the same group. So It'll, it'll be interesting to actually get to attend an in-person conference and experience that for the first time. Well, I hope you will. And, you, you know, we'll give you a training program of what to expect <laughs> and how and how to take a big bag so you collect all the swag that there is. <laughs> uh, I can't wait. Well, thank you again, Irene, and I really appreciate you joining us today. 
What's Next in EdTech is a podcast from the Douglas Stewart Company. Our episodes are written and produced by Dalen Reitsteck and Emily Grebner and are created on the Anchor platform. You can find all the episodes of this podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or Google Play. If you enjoyed listening, please subscribe and rate us. Do you have any topics you'd like us to discuss in the future? Please be sure to leave us a message on Anchor. Thanks for listening, and until next time.